Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, July 15th, 544 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. December corn futures up five cents at 606. November soybeans up four and a half at 1345 and a half. September Chicago wheat up nine cents at 804. September Kansas City wheat up three and a half at 852 and a quarter. September spring wheat up two and three quarters at 913 and a quarter. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. Leave me a rating or review on that Apple app in particular. Could certainly use some more there. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the channel, guys. I think only about 50% of you guys who watch normally are subscribed. I think we can hit 6,000 today. Uh, Like the videos, leave me a comment, give me a crop update. Uh, Let me know what's going on in your neighborhood. If you'd like some additional information from me, go to my website, www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service today. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email has been going out at about 5.30 a.m. Central Time. In that email, you'll see every overnight headline you need to be aware of, uh, lots of interesting charts, graphics, uh, weather info. My daily subscriber-only videos are part of this. Yesterday, we went back to the 70s and early 80s. Uh, we talked about the in, the inflation of the uh, late 70s, early 1980s, and how it correlated with grain prices, uh, some things that are on my mind in regard to the movement of commodity markets as it relates to inflation in general. If you guys are interested in this sort of content, sign up today. It's 50 bucks a month. You can cancel anytime. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else, I promise. U.S. wheat export sales were excellent last week. U.S. exporters sold a whopping 1.017 million metric tons of wheat for the current marketing year in the week ending July 7th. That's about 37 million bushels. That's the strongest weekly print in regard to net uh, wheat sales that uh, I can recall. Major buyers included China, South Korea, and Mexico. Now, despite this really great week of wheat sales, uh, total commitments for the current marketing year are still the fourth worst of the last 10 years seasonally. So we had a really good week, but uh, it's just one week uh, for now. We're still uh, average to below average in terms of total export commitments of wheat uh, versus the last 10 years. And a lot of that's because our prices were too high. A lot of it's because uh, we had crop issues in a lot of areas. But in any case, really good week of uh, wheat export sales. Uh, We hope that that continues. I think we're competitive, at least for the moment. I'm not sure if that lasts or not. USDA reported big net cancellations in regard to uh, old crop soybeans, net cancellations of 363,000. That is not good. And that uh, paired with this weak old crop corn number leads some analysts to believe that USDA could be a little high with their export projections for old crop corn and soybeans. You could see some reductions on the balance sheets there, which would increase your carryouts. That's bearish stuff. Uh, New crop export sales were not great. Now, we've kind of slowed down in regard to uh, new crop export sales of corn and soybeans, but we've still got the second best book of soybean exports on record seasonally. And I believe the third best for corn seasonally, but we we have seen activity decline. So uh, really, not anything great in terms of row crop export sales, but uh, wheat very good. 
China's second quarter GDP expanded at its lowest rate since the initial COVID outbreak. The country's economy grew at a rate of 0.4% from a year ago during the second quarter. Uh, During that quarter, of course, you had several huge cities like Shanghai and others uh, imposing lockdowns due to the country's COVID zero policy. Analysts had expected a rise of about 1%, so uh, this was a big miss here. China's Statistics Bureau called the results hard-earned achievements but noted the lingering impact of COVID and shrinking demand at home. Uh, I think this is noteworthy because, of course, China is a big buyer of a lot of things uh, from the United States, especially in regard to agriculture, uh, soybeans, corn, wheat, uh, pork, all of those things. So, you know, if, they, if they've really got big time economic problems, demand for some of those things may suffer. Uh, I think there's kind of an interesting story shaping up in regard to new crop soybean export demand in particular. We do have a good book of sales, but uh, you've got issues in China paired with the fact, I, I think it's a fact, that Brazilian farmers will plant uh, record soybean acreage this fall. So the, the new crop soybean export story uh, may not be that great, depending, of course, on uh, how China shapes up, how the Brazilian crop looks, of course, but potentially some negatives there. You got rains moving across parts of Iowa, parts of Illinois, uh, southern Minnesota, Wisconsin this morning. I'm not sure that all of this was in the forecast. I, I thought based on what I saw that rains were not going to come back until uh, say Sunday. But in any case, uh, you do have some rains here. I'm not sure what the accumulation is. If you're in some of these areas and you have some overnight totals, uh, drop them in the YouTube comments here. Over the next seven days, it's kind of a story of east versus west. Uh, the eastern Corn Belt from Illinois, areas further east, should see you know about an inch of rain or better in some areas. And then the western Corn Belt and the entire plains still very much dry. And that's kind of been the trend here as of late. The eastern Corn Belt's been catching some rains on and off. And they've been real dry in a lot of these areas, but they have caught rains on and off. The Mid-South too, Kentucky, uh, Tennessee been a little bit better. But the plains are an issue Six to 10 uh, is still hot and dry for the most part versus normal. Uh, Same for the eight to 14. You've still got this big heat wave over the um, uh, Southern Plains and like Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, maybe even into Nebraska, uh, into parts of Missouri, uh, maybe Arkansas. They're gonna be 100 degrees today. And I think they've got uh, chances for highs uh, above 100 degrees like every day for the next 10 days at least. And that heat wave is gonna work its way further north, uh, further east into parts of the Corn Belt. So this heat is the real deal. And uh, these areas of the Southern Plains in particular um, could have significant crop problems as a result, certainly. Now we do have drought, uh, which has built in corn and soybean growing areas over the last few weeks. Um, If you look at drought areas versus June 14th is what I've got compared here. Uh, Corn areas experiencing a drought in the US 30% versus just 17% on June 14th. Soybean areas experiencing a drought 25% versus 9% on June 14th. Uh, Spring wheat areas experiencing a drought continued to decline down to 17% versus 22 on June 14th. So still some problems here. Again, if you're looking at the map, a lot of this stuff in the central and eastern Corn Belt and the Mid-South, this just was wasn't here a few weeks ago and it's popped up now, but these are areas that are, are going to catch some rains here the way it looks over the next week where these areas in the plains and southern plains in particular uh, are not going to catch rains and they're going to be really hot. So these are your problem areas here from, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, a lot of Kansas, uh, Nebraska is pretty dry, I think, in a lot of areas. So uh, drought, definitely still an issue. 
The National Oilseed Processors Association will release uh, June crush data this morning at 11 a.m. Central. Ahead of this NOPA report, traders estimate that NOPA members crushed 164.5 million bushels of soybeans in June. If confirmed, that would be down 4% from May, but up 8% versus the same week last year. June is typically not a great month for a soybean crush seasonally. Um, you've got plants doing maintenance. Uh, things start to increase, of course, uh, after harvest. So that report will be out at 11 a.m. Central Time this morning. The cattle market was lower yesterday, lower in live cattle, lower in feeder cattle. Not much to speak of in terms of cash or not much change, at least. Uh, 136 to 137 in the south reported, 144 to 145 in the north. The boxes were mixed. Uh, the feeder cattle index continues to creep higher, up another $1.75 at 174.05. In the outside markets, the U.S. dollar is lower. Stock market's a little bit higher, um, which uh, I guess is a good thing. I, I figured maybe on that China GDP news, uh, some of this stuff would be off. But the S&P's up 10. The Dow's up 100 points. Bonds up just a little bit. Precious metals mixed. Crude oil up $1.80 at $94.64 in the September WTI. A little bit of a rebound and a little bit of a reversal to the upside yesterday. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. I will talk to you guys on Monday.